I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, I'm Helen Tupper. And I'm Sarah Ellis. And you're listening to the Squiggly Careers podcast, where each week we talk about a different topic to do with work and discuss practical ideas and actions to help you find your way through the increasingly squiggly world of work. And this is episode 150, and we're going to be chatting about how to cope with career change and uncertainty. And I know all of our topics right now hopefully are relevant and useful, but even in the last 48 hours, I think I've spoken to three people where this is exactly how I think we're all feeling at the moment. So I spoke to a neighbour who's been furloughed and is really worried about her role, someone who is just working full on, like 12 hours a day, and trying to do homeschooling with two kids. And then, you know, I got an email from somebody that I know who I've worked with previously, who's been made redundant alongside all of her peers and all of her team. So I think it almost doesn't matter what situation you're in right now. We all have that sense of just uncertain times, the kind of instability, and it is really unsettling. And I think rather than avoiding that or kind of not talking about it, we actually thought it's much better to have a chat let's try and work out what we can all do to perhaps take back a little bit of control I know sometimes it's a bit of a cliche to say these things are a possibility but I think there can be opportunities that come out of these kind of tough times but what is it that we can do I think just to a help ourselves to feel okay about everything and also hopefully to try and make it all work in a way that does work for us. I also think if even if you're thinking, oh, actually, my job seems okay, maybe you're in an industry, you're an organization that it's maybe you're busy. Like we have talked to some other people who are like, wow, it's really, really busy at the moment. It's likely that you know somebody else who might be going through a period of change or feeling really uncertain in their roles. So I think we'll probably talk about a lot of the things today about what can you do to help you. But there's also a lens on it about maybe you could take some of these things to help someone that you know who might be struggling with change and uncertainty at the moment as well. And I found a brilliant quote. So I feel like in role reversal this week, Helen, I did actually find a quote that I thought, oh, this is actually really good. You quite like your quotes too, Sarah. I do. I actually. know you do. I think I think I actually I think I'm in denial about it, but I think I actually do. <laughs> I just think I like different styles of quotes, perhaps. Mine are all quite philosophical and this true, is that's in, true. In, in in the same vein. Uh, so this is actually from um, a mathematics professor, American mathematics professor called John Allen Paulus. And he says uncertainty is the only certainty there is and knowing how to live with insecurity is the only security I like it a lot I really like (laughs) I really like it and I think career change and career uncertainty is here to stay and even prior to how we're all working right now 
the number of roles, industries, changes in our career were already increasing. The kind of frequency of change, of kind of decisions, of choices to make had already kind of got higher and we were often faced with thinking about what it is we wanted to do in the future. I think the second point that's really important when we think about change and uncertainty, there's often a mix of change that's in our control and change that's out of our control or that happens to us. And I think those two things are actually often quite different. They feel quite different. You know, one feels like perhaps something that we're planning for, we've thought about, we've reflected on. And perhaps sometimes when it's happening to us, we hadn't expected it. It often takes more time to kind of process it. What does that kind of mean to me? What am I going to do about that? So there's this kind of real messiness and mix of change. And I don't think all change is the same. And obviously our current environment with most people working from home or in a very kind of different way just makes everything more unpredictable and I don't expect that we're going to return to kind of where we were before. I keep describing how we're working at the moment a bit like a rubber band in that we're all being stretched in new and kind of different directions but almost unlike a rubber band I don't think we're going to kind of snap back to where we were. I think there is going to be a lot of newness and we're all going to need to adapt and be flexible and it is going to look and feel different and that will be hard over time but I think the more we can think now about how we can prepare the actions that we can take you know what this means to you what's important to you the better able you'll be not only to kind of navigate your career in the next 12 to 18 months but this stuff is here to stay so the more we start practicing it I think the better we'll feel and the more positive we'll be able to kind of make it for the work that we all want to do. In some ways, I feel like it's got some parallels with how it's felt being a parent. So I feel like <laughs> I've got, I know you're like, where are you going with this, Helen? But I've got a three-year-old and a five-year-old. And since having had those children, I feel like as soon as you feel like you've got into a rhythm or you've even vaguely got it nailed, I'm not sure I'd ever say that I've had it nailed as a parent, but something changes. So you're like, oh, you know, they're a baby and now they you think, oh, I've got feeding and then they start actually eating solid food or then their sleeping starts changing or then, you know, Henry's my little boys just started to go to school. And it feels like as soon as you feel like, okay, I've got a little rhythm here, some other change that you're like, oh, now I've got to adapt again. And for me, I feel like work is quite like that at the moment. Like I'm like, okay, I've got into my rhythm. And then it's like, oh, well, maybe now you can go and see somebody else or because all the rules keep changing. You then just keep adapting to what you can do and how, you know, my children can now go back to school and your little boy's gone back to nursery so you're there's just all these like different ways that you have to keep changing what you're doing and it's it just creates quite a lot of pressure and needs to constantly adjust and adapt it's probably a good point as well just about in terms of the level of uncertainty and change that's happening right now it's in both our professional lives and our personal lives so I was just mm. reflecting then as I was listening to you talk about that actually probably what makes this harder and kind of heightened right now for us is that all of that change is in actually all aspects of our life whereas often with a career change perhaps the rest of your life is feeling more predictable at that moment in time but you know you've got kind of one thing that you can really focus on understanding and navigating but at the moment I think there's just so much stuff simultaneously that you know that's why we kind of I think at times just need to give ourselves a break but also get ourselves to the point where we don't want this to get to the point of being so stressful that people kind of feel overwhelmed or really anxious or don't make the right decisions for you so I think it's really about how can we knowing that this is not going to change anytime soon work our way through all of these kind of changes 
all the unpredictability to help you through this and also you know to help us through this we're in this as well at the moment we're going to talk about some tools and techniques to focus on how you're feeling what you're thinking and how you're acting so we're going to go through each one of them talk about what we mean by those things and then give you just something that you can go away and do to help you through the feelings the thoughts and the actions that you're taking so let's start with how you might be feeling in the context of you know lots of change and lots of uncertainty one of the things that we have really noticed at work is that people are lacking confidence and we've looked into the research behind why this is and what's happened for some people is that this social distancing has led to a feeling of social disconnection so they don't feel as connected to other people that they might be working with they feel removed from them and on top of that people get less recognition in a virtual working environment so I'm not feeling like I'm connected or belonging to people as much as I did and I also don't feel that my work is as recognized or appreciated and what happens as a result of that is that a lot of people are feeling disconnected and they're feeling a sense of doubt in themselves and so you've makes me quite upset when I think about it that people are sat at home in whatever room that they're working on in front of their laptop feeling like this and that that might be a really really hard thing for people right now so we wanted to talk a little bit about what what you can do if that's you or you can see that with somebody else and you hear that when you're talking to them one of the things that you can do here is to really reflect on something we call your super strengths statement So this is a statement which is about what you do well and what you do really well, to be honest, whether it's super strengths, what you do really well, why it's valued and how you can do it more. So if I kind of talk through an example and we'll talk through how this can help you with that disconnection and that sense of doubt that you might be creeping in a little bit. So a super strength statement. So I might say one of the things that I am best at is making things happen. And then I would say... And this can create value for the team because I can take some of the ideas that Sarah might have, for example, and I can really quickly create prototypes so that we can test them. And then the third part of it is, and one way I could use that more is that I could go out to our Squiggly Careers community and I could ask them for ideas of things that might help them in their career right now. And I could take the top two or three ideas that come through and I could create some prototypes so that we can scale some of those ideas more quickly. So that's just me very quickly going, one of the things I'm great at is X. One way I use it to create value is Y. And one way I could use it more is said now that statement can help you and it can help other people it helps you because if you keep saying that you'll start believing it if you keep saying this is what I'm great at this is what adds value this is how I can use it more you will start believing it but what we find is a lot of people don't even say that to themselves so the first bit is it helps you and your confidence the other reason it can help is it can help you get a bit more proactive about spotting opportunities to help other people and that is where you can drive a bit more connection with other people in this period of time where you might be feeling that that's a bit of a gap. And I think the second thing to remember when it comes to confidence is you don't need to do this alone. So you don't need to to get all of the ideas and all of your support kind of from yourself. And this is where asking for help, I think, really matters. I was actually really inspired by when Helen interviewed Simon Sinek for our Ask the Expert series. She finished the interview by asking him for his best piece of career advice. And for somebody like Simon Sinek, where he's, you know, incredibly well known across the world, I think for him to have the vulnerability to say that, 
the thing that's helped him the most in his career and actually it sounded to me like it was at kind of a slightly later stage in life not kind of from day one was learning to ask for help and being really clear about no one person kind of knows everything and you shouldn't expect that from yourself and also understanding that there's not only one person who can help you so at the moment I think sometimes and I I sometimes get feedback from people where perhaps they've asked someone for help and they maybe didn't get a response or that person couldn't help them in the way that they were hoping I think just reminding ourselves that there's always kind of one more than one person who has a point of view a perspective that can probably be useful for you and I think just to build on the kind of how to ask for help in a more specific way I think it's really useful if you can be clear about what do you need help with and why do you think that person is the right person to help you because that I think makes it so much easier for someone else to say yes because they think oh this person needs some help understanding how to create their first podcast and they've asked us because they want to do a podcast in a similar way to the way that we've created it from scratch maybe it's a weekly podcast and they're trying to figure out do they do all the editing themselves or do they get some help and so I think if you just generally think oh I just need some help but it it still feels quite vague or quite abstract it can be quite tricky for people to know sort of what it is that you need and then perhaps you rely on existing relationships or kind of goodwill to get that support whereas if you've had that clarity beforehand of just thinking oh, this is just what I need a bit of help with right now. And then whether you're asking people in person or whether, you know, kind of, I say in person, virtually in person, obviously, (laughs) um, whether you're emailing someone or if you're on LinkedIn, I think it's just having that very clear ask in terms of the kind of support you need right now and how that person can help you. And the third thing is also just to be aware of your coping strategy. So when you're faced with change and uncertainty and you're trying to sort of cope and navigate your way through that, we have a tendency to do one of two things. The first is that we avoid it. And the second is that we engage in it. And now avoiding means, you know, you're distracting yourself with other things, maybe some easier things to do, or maybe just delaying an action. And engage is where you recognize there's something that you need to do and you respond to it. And that's a bit like what Sarah was saying. Maybe one of the ways that you respond is that you are ask for help. So I think it's also just worth taking a step back and reflecting on if there's one of two coping strategies, what am I spending more time doing? Am I avoiding this or am I really kind of positively engaging and trying to work through it? I can sometimes see when I've had change, sometimes I kind of do the distracting and delaying thing a little bit until I'm ready to engage. And I could probably work through it a bit quicker if I move to that recognising and responding and asking for help sooner. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, to try and spot what you usually do? Because I think I think you would distract and delay by keeping yourself busy. (laughs) I think I could like see that. Whereas I think I actually respond really differently in that I really think about it. But the problem is I think about it by myself. And so it takes up a lot of my thinking and my thoughts and my reflection. I am the person that would be lying in bed at night still thinking about it. And it would probably stop me doing good work elsewhere but also it doesn't kind of takes up too much space in my brain it's kind of I almost like see my brain as having like a actual capacity and kind of going oh it's like filling it up too much with these things and then I always feel so much better and I almost kind of berate myself every time we chat about something which I've been perhaps worried about or has been creating uncertainty or been distracting me and then after we chat, I'm always like, I don't understand why I didn't just talk to you about that sooner. <laughs> but but by then I've already had like the three days of like really overthinking it. And you just think, oh, but of course, like I think just thinking about for your own personality and the way you work, 
how do you naturally respond? Because we're all kind of all different. I think the sooner you can spot it, the sooner you can stop it, essentially. So the second thing that we're going to talk about is what you think. So if you're going through, you know, change and uncertainty, one of the ways that you can navigate yourself through that is reframing how you're thinking about it. And so you might, instead of seeing it, and this might sound a bit trite, but instead of seeing it as a real, you know, it's a loss, actually seeing it more as an opportunity. One of the things that can get in the way of you thinking about this as an opportunity is the sense to which your job has become your identity. So let me explain that a bit more. If you're in a job and maybe you've been furloughed or maybe you've been made redundant or maybe something's happened internally and that job isn't the same thing anymore and that job has become a big part of your identity, then when that change happens or when maybe you're fearing the change happening, it affects you at a really deep level because it's no longer become about the job changing or going it's become about you changing or going and there's this principle that I found quite interesting called enmeshment which is where effectively you become your job and there's a psychologist called Jana Koretz and she basically says that the culture of work at the moment is ripe for lots of people feeling this sense of enmeshment whereby people are overworked they're driven to achieve and they've got a sense of competitiveness she says that's like the perfect storm for people's identity being too closely tied to their their job so that when something happens to their job they feel like it happens very very deeply to them and so if our aim is to reframe change as an opportunity and as hard as that might feel but to think about okay what's the opportunity here you know how can I learn what should I be doing one of the ways that you can stop yourself being so dependent on your job for your sense of worth and sense of identity is to pursue hobbies outside of work so what are the things that you're passionate about maybe it's volunteering maybe it's a side project I think you know Sarah and I we spend a lot of time working we run our company we love our company but we also work for charities and we sit on boards we also have hobbies outside of work and that's because that keeps us passionate but it also gives us something else outside of our job so that our identity is not solely tied to the job that we do I think there is a difference between kind of becoming like you say almost too enmeshed with your current role versus almost having a career passion or anchor that you're kind of really committed to and that becomes part of your identity I really recognize in both of us that we're people who love our jobs love work but I think there's a distinction between it's almost about the job that you're doing today. If you're so connected to just that job or just that organisation, when things outside of your control happen, and that does happen, it can feel really shocking. I felt it happen to myself once in particular. And you know, you perhaps you feel like you've been really loyal to that you know, organisation or to that leader. But things do happen where you think it's not personal, it's not necessarily about you, but it might really affect you and if it's just about that specific job it can feel I think particularly hard I think if you've thought about more broadly your career why what does meaning look like for you at work and that's broader than the role that you're in today I think that then helps you to kind of step away and have a sense of perspective when you need it so you know I was thinking for both of us we're really kind of passionate about helping and supporting people with their career development democratizing career development And at the moment, the way that's realised is by us running Amazing If. But I think if that all disappeared tomorrow, or let's hope not tomorrow, but, you know, (laughs) let's say that did disappear in the next year, I think we would find another way of realising that because that's the kind of the meaning and the identity. And that is bigger than the kind of 
just the role or perhaps just the people that you're working with. And I think that for me was a really big learning curve because I think prior to a certain role, I remember being very connected to every job, every organisation, every leader, almost too much kind of in that moment in time. And that's brilliant because you're really committed. But then when those things do happen to you, you don't have a kind of sense of something bigger, of kind of something more. And once I got that for myself, kind of discovered my own kind of more personal why of my career and what did I want that constant thread to be, what were my values, what were things that really motivated and drove me in my career, then it becomes less about the job today. It's more about the kind of career that you're interested in, the possibilities you want to explore. So that might be a useful other way just to think about what is it that's driving your why at work more broadly than just the job that you're doing at the moment? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So the third area then is how you act. So in this context of change and uncertainty, what's the action that you can take that can help you to feel positive and that you've got a sense of ownership? And there are two things here that we think can really help. So maybe Sarah, if I do one and then you do the other one. The first one is all about learning and it's about making learning the priority. So maybe you're going to go onto a job which isn't the job that you want to do forever. Or maybe you're going through a period of time at work that feels really, really tough and you know that you've just got to get through that or maybe you're just not sure what you want to do next one of the things that will help you so much in your career is if through all of that if the thing that you can keep consistent is your desire to and effort in learning and that can be you know learning about things that are connected to your profession it can be about learning the things that you're passionate about they are the skills that you'll take with you to your next job and actually even just the ability to keep learning to stay learning to be curious to some extent it doesn't really matter what that's on I mean there are certain things that you might need to know for your profession your industry but actually being interested in things is one of the things that makes other people interested in you 
So when you're going to interviews, you'll be able to connect different ideas. You might even be able to connect with people who share the same interest as you. So I think if you can, in your career, it's not about climbing ladders. It's about really investing in your learning. Learning is the job that we should all be doing. Maybe think about these questions. You know, what are you learning at the moment? Who are you learning it with? And how are you sharing and applying that learning? It's one of the things that can really make the learning stick is it's not just about something that you're absorbing, but it's about something that you can help other people with and play back to other people. So yeah, those questions, what are you learning? Who are you learning with? And how are you sharing and applying your learning? And then the second action, which is really that point that Helen just made around, it's not about climbing ladders. So we've talked before about you know, no longer is it kind of useful to have a very definitive career plan, if it ever was. It's now really all about experimentation and exploring possibilities. Now, when you're doing that, one of the things that you want to do is work out which possibilities are probabilities. So when you're doing possibility exploring, that's really when you're being casting the net wide, you're looking at lots of different opportunities, you're figuring out which you might enjoy, but also which you might not enjoy, what might not be for you, kind of the more you find out and kind of dig about something, the more you might think, well, actually, the reality of this is not what I'd assumed, this might not be for me. And some just good things to bear in mind as you're kind of figuring out those possibilities and probabilities. The first is to make sure you're really clear on your career must-haves, nice-to-haves and must-nots. And this, I think, is just something that is so useful again and again when you're making choices, decisions, when things out of your control and kind of in your control happen, is if you've already got a clear point of view on what do I really need? What is a kind of absolute necessity in any job that I do? And you know, that shouldn't be a long list. That's probably only a couple of things. What are my absolute no-goes? And you know, some of these things will obviously be kind of practical things. And then what's the kind of the longer list, the kind of nice-to-haves? And I'd really encourage you to prioritise that list so you kind of have a sense of if that's 10 things, which is top of that list for you right now. It doesn't have to be top of the list forever. And if you can share those must-haves, nice-to-haves, must-nots with someone else, it's so useful when you're kind of in the moment, probably feeling quite a lot of stress and kind of anxiety about perhaps having to make a decision. Somebody who can just help to remind you of those things, I think, stops you being distracted by things that are not the things that are ultimately the things that matter most to you, which we sometimes call kind of shiny objects. And it just helps to have a different kind of perspective and somebody who can just hold you to the things that you've shared when you're not in that moment of stress that you do really want in the work that you do. And so it's that just must haves, nice haves, must nots. Helen and I have done it so many times and shared them with each other. And I think we've both made better decisions as a result of doing that activity. The second thing is just have loads of curious career conversations. Try not to make too many assumptions or discount things based on what you think you know try and make sure that you've had at least a curious conversation to really know what is the reality what does a a role or an industry really look and feel like when you're kind of in it and be really proactive about that possibilities and probability exploring is not something you only do when you're looking for a role you want to do it as kind of something where you're always being work in progress where you're always sort of thinking about well, what's the next thing I might be interested in? Am I taking some actions to start to explore that now? Not even necessarily thinking about, you know, that has to be a job in the next six months or 12 months. But I think the more curious career conversations you have, you just never know 
what opportunities might pop up and often because you don't know what you don't know if you've had those conversations you find that that's when opportunities start to come to you as well as you kind of seeking out opportunities that you might be interested in. And finally, I think it's worth remembering that this process, so kind of the process of exploring possibilities, probabilities, applying for roles, change happening, redundancy, furloughing, all of that stuff, all of the kind of the messiness that is kind of work, particularly right now, is hard. And it is at times really frustrating and it can be quite energy zapping. And it's easy to kind of feel demotivated or perhaps you're not making the progress that you'd hoped so anything I think that you can do to just make sure that you recognize all the kind of small successes along the way make sure you're clear about the progress you are making if there's any way you can bring that to life by kind of writing that down sometimes we encourage people to write down just one success at the end of every day I think at the moment if you're struggling back to where we started with the confidence point actually write down at the end of the day one small success and that could be any success personal professional but just something that's gone well that day I find that mindset is really useful particularly in the tough days maybe at the moment we're going every day sort of has moments of feeling <laughs> yeah. quite tough to be honest I think that's true and every day you know you sort of have the highs and the lows within every day are just incredible right now so perhaps writing down that one success could be kind of really useful and also just recognize when you need a rest is kind of the last thing that I wanted to say is that these activities thinking about these areas I think whatever your personality or your style takes a lot from you and I think sometimes you need to give yourself that break and think Perhaps if you've been searching for jobs or applying for jobs, you sort of commit to going every Friday, I'm going to give myself Friday off in kind of inverted commas. And perhaps you're going to use that for your hobby or you're going to use that to learn something you're really passionate about or you're going to do some exercise or you're just going to catch up on Netflix. It just doesn't matter. <laughs> but you but you're giving yourself a rest and that rest and recovery will mean you do so much better the rest of the time your brain needs that break and it's good for you and it'll be good for everything you're kind of trying to do so just recognize that this is tough please don't be too hard on yourself please ask for help don't worry too much about you know in the short term if you're not quite where you hoped you might be or you're perhaps feeling a bit stuck we all know that careers are these kind of wonderful squiggly things but at the moment it probably is a bit of a tougher time for most people we can find our way through this we often just it takes a bit of action, a bit of time, and perhaps at the moment in particular, a bit of patience. So that's everything that we're going to talk about on this topic today. We will on the website. So if you go to the podcast page on amazingif.com, we'll put a summary of some of those actions under the what you feel, what you think and how you act headings. We're very conscious that people are squeezing these podcasts in. And I was doing a session earlier, one of our values courses, and someone was like, I've listened to your values podcast, but I didn't get all the notes because I was doing it whilst I was driving. And I was like, <laughs> so we'll put we'll put the links, we'll put the suggested action for you. It will all be on the website. And obviously, if you go to at amazingif on Instagram, Instagram, we often share um, you know, different tools and things on there. So if you're ever listening to a podcast and you think, oh, I want a bit more on that between the our Amazing If account at Amazing If or our website, amazingif.com, you'll be able to find the things that you need. And if you ever can't, email us and we're Helen and Sarah at squigglycareers.com. So if you need us, we're there, get in touch with us and we'll you know, direct you towards the things that you need. On the website, we'll also put some resources because there's lots of things that we've read to think about this topic today. So we've got some different articles that might be able to help you and some stuff on YouTube. So that's all on the website as well. You will find that there. 
And before we say goodbye today, we just want to let you know about Simon Sinek's new podcast and it's called A Bit of Optimism is about life, leadership and silver linings. So if you just search for that, wherever you found this podcast, you'll you'll find that one. He's got one episode at the moment and I, I listened to it. It was really nice because I think the people that he was talking to were his friends, but it was really, really <laughs> insightful and um, yeah, uplifting and positive, which I think is what he wants it to be with a podcast called A Bit of Optimism. We're also going to put a podcast playlist on Instagram. So on this topic of change and uncertainty, if you'd like to listen to a few more episodes that might help you um we've got ones on managing career pivots managing redundancy and restructures fixing your career plan creating vision for your careers and staying resilient that's five different episodes we'll put all the episode numbers and all the links for those will be on instagram at amazing if so if you want an easy way to listen to more on this topic head there and you'll be able to find them so thank you so much for listening and as ever for everybody who's rating reviewing subscribing we really appreciate it we read everyone and it is a little moment of shininess and success in our week so if you get a chance to do that please do and this week our fifth episode of the ask the expert interview series is live and you'll be able to hear helen talking to holly tucker who is the co-founder of not on the high street and founder of holly and co all about creativity and I think I'm going to be a little bit jealous listening because it sounds to me from what Helen's told me that Holly is like her new best friend which um, (laughs) is is not allowed Um, by the end of it by the end of Helen telling me about how the interview had gone it sounded like she was about to start a business and I was like what's happened? I I think I'd really like a side project with Holly Tucker (laughs) (gasps) Don't you dare well I suppose having just said side projects can be a really good thing of course if that's what you would like to go and do (laughs) Thanks for your support Sarah (laughs) I think we're going to talk about this after the podcast everybody so you should probably go now (laughs) thank you so much for listening everyone we'll be back again next week bye for now bye hold up what was that Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.